Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. And we got to have fun with it. It's going to work. I I really don't know if this intro is going to work. It's going to work. Just trust me. Formula One is back again. Lots of race setting pace. We're ready for the new year. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Mercedes is looking rough, very tough. Just our luck. Hamilton could be the best. Will he win number eight? Max is going for the lead. Can he win? Oops, he spin. McLaren's car's looking sharp. Watch Lando fly. Lots of drivers in new seats. Sergio, Ricardo, Will Carlos, and Shannon Claire. Who knows, who knows, who knows? Haas has a whole new lineup. Or money, legacy. Williams under new owners. Will George I get a shot? Many races to enjoy. 23 soon to be who's ready for the season we know we freaking are hello and welcome to another episode of off the pit wall an american f1 podcast and today we are previewing the upcoming british grand prix yeah, it should be a good race, Dan. I'm really excited for this one. It's uh, the first time we're going to be seeing the sprint race format, uh, or sprint qualifying, I should say, in the Formula 1 division. We've seen it in Formula 2. Not sure what to think of it yet, but uh, that's what this weekend's for. It'll show us. Yeah, and I know that one of the big complaints that some teams had about sprint qualifying is that it creates unforeseen costs that they didn't have in their budgets earlier because, you know, you have the budget cap and a limited amount of parts and pieces that you can manufacture to replace on the car as it goes through wear. And obviously these sprint races are going to, you know, achieve race-like condition wear to them, whether it be little pieces of the wing um, in the front, you know, maybe some body work, some possible floor damage, depending on the track. I mean, if we look at last week, Austria, you know, Lewis Hamilton got some floor damage. That was critical and and removed his opportunity at a podium in that race so yeah that was a big complaint and it looks like it has been solved and basically what has happened is that liberty media the the company that owns and oversees formula one at this rate has said that yeah we'll we'll pay for whatever damages happen during the three sprint races this season so that seems to be solved so at this point knowing that it's not going to affect the teams cost wise in any sort of way what are your thoughts on the sprint races, or at least this first sprint race that we're going to experience uh, in 2021? Well, I I feel like if I was running the team, I'd be a bit uh, I'd be a bit bummed because we get well. I'll put it this way: as a fan, I wasn't sure how I'd feel, uh, especially since I personally love watching qualifying. And luckily, with my with my class and work schedule, I'll still be able to see it. But I know a lot of people. Uh, most likely won't be able to see it around the world. So that that's a negative part for me. But other than that, they're only getting one practice now, uh, and then they're going to qualify. Then on Saturday, they'll have a morning practice. Then they'll have the sprint race. And then Sunday, we'll have the real race. So I, I am looking forward to this. I'm not being a Debbie Downer. I just, there are little things that I don't like about it, but I still will give it a chance and uh, wish for the best result out of this. I, I don't necessarily want to see this become the new norm, but if it does put on a great show, then you got to roll with the change sometimes. Yeah, that is true. For the upcoming British Grand Prix, there's also been some rumors swirling around that this could be the event. This could be the moment at some point over this weekend that Mercedes announces that George Russell will be sitting in their car come 2022. 
are are you expecting them to do this or you know is it just a completely like lost idea the fact that they would come out and say this at this point in the season I personally think if they were smart as a team, they can for sure know that uh, Valtteri's losing the seat and George is taking it. But Valtteri still is a big part of the team right now, and they're not completely out of any sort of fight. Uh, so mentally, I wouldn't tell our our secondary driver, hey, you're not driving for us anymore. We still got around half the season to go, I'd say. I don't know. To, to me, I wouldn't announce it. I would just wait until the season's over or mathematically you're out of the championship and then announce it. But maybe that's not how the real world works. And Valtteri just got to get over the fact that he lost his ride and they got to hope that he still does everything he can to help the team. Yeah. And I mean, if you think to last year with COVID, a lot of the silly season changes happened before the season even started. So uh, we knew about Ricardo moving to McLaren before the season even started. Vettel, uh, Vettel being ousted and then ending up with uh, Aston Martin was something that happened in the earlier portions of the season, especially the part where we we knew from the beginning that Science was going to Ferrari and kicking Vettel out. So um, we've seen this before in extreme circumstances where the season didn't start until, well, <laughs> roughly about this time of the year. But again, it's a little bit different just because you have Mercedes, a team that is fighting for the constructors. I mean, Vettel knowing that he wasn't going to race for Ferrari anymore and, you know, the, the I don't know, lack of motivation or effort or whatever you want to say for Ferrari, like, they weren't they weren't fighting for the championship last year. It's a little bit different. So I definitely get what you're saying about, let's not let the cat out of the bag quite yet, you know? Yeah. But the British Grand Prix is going to have a lot of craziness going on between the sprint qualifying, as we talked about, between these rumors. Silly season is starting up. I've already seen uh, rumors talking about Kimi Raikkonen driving in NASCAR next season, which would be hilarious. Yeah, that's, a, that's a strange rumor. He he tried it before. Um, he didn't do horrible, but it wasn't it wasn't a great first showing for him. Uh, he was driving the most un uh, the most unaerodynamically designed car now so he's driving the truck which essentially looks like a truck so it's a big shoebox kind of driving through the air not no real aerodynamics there so maybe if he drove in the xfinity series or the the cup series i could see him maybe doing a little bit better but that's still a strange strange rumor yeah and i know that there are plenty more rumors that we'll dive into more in depth at some point during the summer break because i mean you might as well if we're gonna have three weeks off racing we might as well dive headfirst into silly season for that but since we do have a race this upcoming weekend hunter how about we talk about the expectations we have for different teams going into this british grand prix sounds good to me dan it, f it feels like it's been a long time since we've even been able to do this since we had three races in a row yeah, the three races in a row really threw off our schedule because, I mean, you had to do like a we had to do a recap and then we had to do a preview and it's it is all chaotic. But now it's very normal this entire week. The only thing we have to worry about is leading up to this British Grand Prix. So let's get into it. Starting at the top, top of the constructors, Red Bull Racing. What is the expectation? What does Red Bull need to do to have a happy, good weekend this weekend? Again, not our predictions of exactly who's going to end up where, but what what does Red Bull have? To, what's the minimum bar that they have to hit to have a good weekend? 
you know, we've gotten the the point of the season now where pretty much I feel like the rest of predicting all these teams is going to be pretty simple or what we what we should expect from them. Uh, Red Bull has 286 points. Mercedes has 242. So if I was Red Bull, I'd want to keep the gap the way it is. And if I'm going to lose any points, lose the minimum, lose the minimum amount. Other than that, just bring the cars home. Don't lose too much money, I guess. Well, like you just said, though, they're not going to lose any money apparently this weekend if things get torn up in a sprint race. Well, for the sprint uh, race, if they if yeah, they that's reckon, what I'm saying for a yeah, sprint race, if they reckon on Sunday, they're the, screwed. No, yes, I understand, but for the sprint race, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty pretty simple, uh, pretty simple answer for 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 most of these teams. Honestly, it's it's going to be just beat the rivals, uh, but for Red Bull, I want to see Sergio specifically uh, keep up the. Obviously, last week he got pushed off the track last race i should say got pushed off the track it is what it is he did make a little bit of a recovery drive but keep up the good work from sergio he and max have both been seem to be firing on all cylinders the past five six races so uh just keep up that max keep up the the momentum and that's that's pretty much all they got to do yeah i'd agree with you i mean you know we're we're getting to the point where the gap isn't huge the gap isn't what it was in years past um, for the constructors in the past, Mercedes has been utterly dominant at this point yes. of the season. I mean, if we go back to last year at the midway point of the season, the gap between Mercedes number one and Red Bull number two was a lot larger than what it is now. I think for this upcoming race, you know, the door is still very much there for Mercedes to claw it back. This isn't a track that has been terrible for Mercedes in the past, even though in one of the two races at this track last year, Max did take one of his one of his two wins in the course of the season. At the same time, the, the fact that there's still a little bit more jockeying, it means that Sergio, despite being better than some of his predecessors in that second Red Bull seat, he, he needs to do a little bit better than what he showed at the two races in Austria. You know, fourth and sixth, even with the struggles he did have, it's not enough to slam the door closed and, you know, for everyone at Red Bull, Christian Horner especially, it's all about slamming that door closed. They want to do to Mercedes what Mercedes has done to them year after year after year during this entire turbo hybrid era. So I think, honestly, a double podium is what needs to happen for this to be a happy weekend for Red Bull. All in all, I'm sure that they will still be generally happy if they win the race and Sergio is not completely out of the points, a double podium is really kind of the baseline that they that, that they need to reach to walk away completely satisfied with the weekend. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Mercedes, it's been tough for them. They, they've had a four podium places in the past three races, but they haven't managed to be on that top spot. I mean, Max Verstappen has been dominant ever since France, and in Great Britain... Max won a race last year. I mean, does Mercedes have to win this race in order for it to be a good weekend? I think what they're going to need is a what I believe Toto Wolf was quoted saying is they're not out of this championship. All they need is one Max Verstappen DNF and the the doors wide open. I think they need to win the race is definitely going to be their goal. I think Lewis needs to win uh, so he can still be in the, the driver's championship. But as a team, Valtteri can easily win as well. It doesn't matter. And then just find the Mercedes that they once were. First and second is what every race should be. Uh, first and third is only if Max is putting on a show. Um, 
Well, that's a completely different era. This is this, well, uh, well, th- this yeah. was this was the last seven years. Well, yeah, uh, but but this is a new season, and things have been very I different. From but that. I'm saying they need to find that Mercedes. They need to figure out what they have to do to bring that back if they want to win this championship. Because uh, it just it doesn't it doesn't seem like the 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 fire is there. I don't I don't know. It just it seems wrong. I'm very happy we have a phenomenal fight going on, but it just it it just seems so wrong that Mercedes isn't putting up as much of a fight as you would expect from Mercedes. Yeah, that's true. I definitely, at least in my opinion, I think they need to get a victory at this race. They haven't had a victory in five races now, which is, as you mentioned last episode, Hunter, is a record for Mercedes. Like, Mercedes has not lost more than four races in a row in the turbo hybrid era, and now they are on a five-race losing streak. Um, if you very, wanna, very strange time for them. Yeah, if you want to count it in that regard. So I think there needs to be a victory for Mercedes. Ideally, obviously, a double podium victory would be massive. Uh, that would allow them to get back in this. I get what you're saying, bringing up what Toto Wolf talked about. You know, they're only one Max Verstappen DNF away from being back in the constructors and also being back in the driver's to a lesser extent, but you can't be hoping for DNFs out of your opponent. Like, if your only hope is a mistake from your opponent, that is a losing strategy. I completely agree with you, but that's just the the world in which it seems Mercedes is living in right now. I, I understand that. I very much do. Uh, Mercedes has definitely got to get their footing back, and I think the less they do that, the lower the expectation goes, and... The, the drive might not be there that we've seen in years past. But harping on Mercedes forever seems like a terrible way to uh, fill up this entire podcast. So how about we move on to McLaren, the next team in the Constructors' Championship, who's coming off a podium in the previous race. Lando picking up his third podium of the season. What are your thoughts about what McLaren needs to do for a good weekend in Great Britain? Well, they're 19 points ahead of Ferrari, so try to keep a gap that size, I think, for the rest of the season. And even if they get a double, I don't want to say DNF, but a double finish outside the points, let's put it that way, um, a 19-point lead will will definitely help them a lot uh, as a a buffer. I think this is probably the lowest amount they want to go for the rest of the season to just make sure they keep third. But just Lando, I mean, we... I. I know we've said it. We've said it once. We've said it a thousand times. Lando seems to be Mister Top Five, but really, really putting on some great shows lately. I would love to see Lando get another podium. Why not? That's been a bit optimistic. I feel like, but you never know. We will see what the pace is like on Friday in practice, uh, and then for sure what it looks like on Saturday. I guess during the sprint race. But uh, I think they need a double points finish from from uh, Daniel and Lando. Uh, I think they need to split the Ferraris. But the way Daniel's been driving, hit or miss, I think splitting the Ferraris will be the best bet. Uh, beating both Ferraris, I think, would be phenomenal. But realistically, as long as Lando beats one of the Ferraris and Daniel only loses to one of the Ferraris, I think that would be a good weekend for them. Yeah, basically, if they could repeat what they did last week in Austria, that that's a winning strategy for them. I'd obviously say that, of course, they're going to be happy with the podium as well. But I'd kind of agree with you. They, as, as long as, I mean, not to say that Lando is going to be the top 
McLaren driver this weekend necessarily over Daniel, but that I mean, just look at the trends. He he has yet to. You look at stats for not. the year. That's just that's the easy it's the easy yeah. call, the easy assumption. Yeah, but I, I think as long as Lando's above one Ferrari and Daniel's above the other Ferrari, I, I think that's just going to be totally fine for them. Do you think that the sprint qualifying and the less practice sessions is going to benefit the midfield? in terms of being closer to the top because the top hasn't had a chance to completely tune their setup perfectly? Or is it going to benefit the top of the field because they just have more raw pace without giving the midfield the chance to tune? I think there's a couple things that could happen here. I think either Red Bull and Mercedes will walk away from the field even more than we're used to seeing. The midfield might get the jump on the leaders and they'll, they'll be the ones winning the race. We don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. Or I think that it'll make the fight between Red Bull and Mercedes that much tighter. And it'll make the fight between McLaren all the way through, heck, let's say Williams, even tighter. It's pretty tight every single week. Uh, but the fact that we're only going to get one practice and then qualifying, that first practice is going to be unbelievably important and very telling. It's hard to predict when you've never seen anything like this before. I don't have anything to go off of. I don't have, you know what I mean? So it's an exciting weekend. I am really looking forward to this, but it's just very hard to predict things like that when you just have no clue. I've, I've personally never seen one practice and then qualifying. So I think it'll be very interesting. I think it'll be awesome if it tightens everyone up even more. I think that's probably what they're hoping for. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a wild ride. I just, I'm just excited to watch. Yeah, I definitely think it'll add a lot more chaos to the entire thing, and it will, by default, I think it's going to tighten the pack up a little bit more just because you're not going to be able to completely take full advantage of the machine you created. A lot of it's going to be based on a lot of the raw stats of it, which, of course, still gives an advantage to Red Bull and Mercedes, but I think it's not going to allow for the exact downforce tweaks, the exact engine mode tweaks that the top teams are able to extract that extra, you know, power, that extra pace out of their car with those changes. So I, I definitely think it's going to tighten everything up out of those choices, which I only bring it up because, you know, you joked about Lando Norris possibly getting a podium. If the field's a lot tighter, especially with how he was performing against the Mercedes in mm -hmm. Austria, that that's a... Whew, that's a, that's a hot button right there. Um, the other thing, too, is yeah. they're, they're doing the sprint races as an attempt to maybe draw in more fans or maybe make the race weekend more exciting. Maybe all they need to do to make the race weekend more exciting. I, I, th I personally think the race weekend is perfect. I don't think you need to change a, a dang thing. But maybe if you really are gung-ho on changing something, stick with just the one practice, then qualifying the same day, and then you get a second practice on Saturday, and that's it. And then you then you just race on Sunday. I think something like that would be wild. But I guess we're going to see how this will pan out. And we'll the, the obviously the FIA will go from there. Yeah. Well, how about uh, your thoughts on how it will pan out for Ferrari? What do you think they have to do to walk away with a happy weekend? While I said McLaren needs to split the Ferraris, Ferrari needs to double jump the McLarens. Both of them need to beat them. Both McLaren or both Ferraris need to beat both McLarens for a happy weekend. Uh, while I said they're only 19 points out, if you can beat both of your rival cars, that'd be perfect. So uh, I think that's a pretty simple one for Ferrari. Charles and Carlos just got to beat Lando and uh, Daniel straight up. That's it. 
Pop quiz. How many times have both Ferraris beaten both McLarens this season? I'm going to say either once or not at all. Never. How many times has one Ferrari beaten both McLarens? Either once or not at all. Surprisingly, three times. All right, three times. Um, well, I guess it makes sense. They got a podium twice. And, yeah, so, so, and I can't think where the third one's coming from, but that's fine. Yeah, well, well, Monaco uh, is, yes. is one of them with Carlos Sainz that's on the podium. Of. Uh, Azerbaijan involved uh involved yes. charles leclerc being in front of lando because lando picked a little bit of an early moment to make his move at the end yes um, he did and ferrari also placed higher than both of them with one of their cars in spain so getting both cars in front of, of that's what i'm saying that'd be a perfect yeah. weekend for ferrari well yeah it'd be a perfect weekend but i don't think it's first time for everything i i don't think it's realistic i think that doing the the more uncommon but still achievable thing of placing a car in front of Lando and then obviously you'd want the other car to be in front of Daniel. If they can do that, I think that is a path to a happy weekend for uh, the Scuderia. And I think it's a more realistic one too because they've they've done that quite a bit actually now that I look through <laughs> look through the uh, the past couple of races for this season. Moving on to the next team, the other Italian outfit, Alpha Tauri. What do you think the uh, the junior Red Bull squad, if you will, should or could be achieving in Great Britain to get a happy weekend? Uh, Pierre gets pole. That's the hot take. Uh, okay, comes out, hold on. He comes out. He comes out. He comes out in practice one. Normally, guns are blazing. Uh, so maybe for qualifying, he'll he'll be all tuned up and ready to go, and he'll still pull. Uh, that's the I'm hot sorry. take. That's the that's the that's the take from the sun, from the center of the sun. You no, realistically, no. no realistic- well, hang on, hang on. No, no, no. You just can't say that and move on. I can say, I know, I can. Say, it's fine. I can say whatever. Was well, this a free uh, country? You can say what you yeah, want. So, yeah, well, is it a free country or something? Well, you think you don't? You think you know something? Uh, no. Uh, but anyways, uh, Alphatari. I think a great points weekend for them. Uh, double points finish, I should say. Uh, I want to see Pierre get a top five. I mean, he qualifies up there all the time. Realistically, top seven should be happening for Pierre almost weekly, it seems like, with the way he practices and qualifies. For a great weekend, I'd love to see him get a top five. And I would love to see Yuki uh, score some points. Uh, top eight would be ideal, but... Even tenth, that's still a point. So um, that's that's what I think for Alfatari this week. I mean, Pierre's only managed a top five one time when he got on the podium in Azerbaijan. But I would agree with you that they really need to get a double points finish in order to have a nice happy weekend. If you look at their closest competition, Aston Martin has picked up two double points finishes so far this season. Alpine has picked up two double points finishes this season. Alpha Tauri has only picked up one, being that uh, that race in Azerbaijan, which, of course, you know, despite them being on the podium, Aston Martin was a- ahead of them on the podium. So yes. there's a lot of consistency out of Gasly that, you know, he just needs to continue. Obviously, his only mistakes have been a, a, early, um, a early little, like, mistake that ended up involving uh, his car at the first race of the season. Um, that resulted in him retiring, and then, of course, the retirement in Styria because Charles Leclerc doesn't know how to drive a car. So, well, 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 all right, can't, can't you? Can't, you can't just be saying all that. I can listen. If you can say that Pierre Gasly is going to be on pole, I can chastise if Charles you said, Leclerc. Well, if you said, if you said that George Russell was going to was going to score some points 
and and get into Q3. I can say that Pierre Gasly will start on pole. For the record, I say that he, he would get into Q3. I did not predict that he would get points, even though I wanted him to get points. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, so sorry. So my prediction was 100% correct. And All right. Well, and second, we'll mine can be. <laughs> second, George has been nipping on Q3 this entire time. What's the, yes, high, what's the highest that Pierre has ever qualified this season? Third? Maybe? I, fourth? I really don't know. I think fourth or fifth. Yeah, like that's a that's a much greater jump, well, especially when you talk uh, about the cars well, at the top. It, it, anything could happen. We're only getting one practice. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair enough. Uh, Alpha Tower, double points finish. That's really what they need for a nice, happy weekend. Aston Martin, not not a great time out in Austria. Only one point finish out of four opportunities. Aston, what do they got to do? They had a good. They had three weeks. That seemed great, except for, yes. you know, unless you were Lance Stroll during Azerbaijan, in which case, you know, you wanted to forget it. But they had three weeks that seemed absolutely fantastic, and now they're back down into the dumpster fire of the midfield. What are your thoughts about what Aston Martin needs to accomplish in Great Britain, which is now their home Grand Prix? I think it was before, yeah. but now it really is their home Grand Prix. Well, according to the marketing team, the most important thing is for them to change their paint scheme. Uh, well, the most important that's, thing... That's all I've been seeing. All well, I've been seeing is, oh, we're going to find a more TV-friendly green. Uh, we're not going back to pink, though. Don't worry. But we got to find a better color. I'm Honestly, uh, honestly pink pink was perfectly fine. Well, I, I, I didn't mind the Pink Panther. I thought the pink car was pretty nice. But no, no, I, 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 I didn't mind it either. Martin, I understand why Aston Martin doesn't want to be neon pink, though. Uh, but for the race, <laughs> uh, get a double points finish. Um, it's I don't want to say it's not that hard. It's not that hard to... To call, I think they need to just turn around, get a get a nice turnaround. They're only four points away from AlphaTauri. They can easily take fifth place after this race if they just run well enough and tires don't magically explode on their own. And and you know they bring both cars across the finish line or or they don't wreck old teammates uh, on the last lap. You know things things can look look up for them if they just don't do those things. Uh, so they could get fifth place at the end of this race. Okay, okay, of course. <laughs> Um, looking back at last year, I'm looking at the fact that Lance Stroll in the two races in Great Britain, he got ninth in the first one, and at the 70th anniversary Grand Prix, he got sixth, and I think, I mean, and, and sixth was his second highest fit, or, well, tied for third highest finish of all last season. I think Lance Stroll needs a really good performance here, because he hasn't done any better than eighth so far this season in his sporadic points finishes that he's had. Honestly, I think that's what needs to happen. Sebastian Vettel obviously isn't doing great his past two races. No points. But he's at least pulled in some excellent finishes. Fifth. Second. In a car that has shown to be a lot worse uh, relative to where it was last year in the field. I want to see Lance Stroll get... I want to see Lance Stroll at least tie what he managed last year at this track. So sixth or higher for Lance. That is what I think needs to happen so Aston Martin could enjoy themselves. Also, I guess technically there needs to be a safety car so the Aston Martin safety car can come out and do its its laps and they can get their face time. So those two things need to happen for Aston Martin to be happy this weekend. I think that's perfectly fair. I think I you know what? I honestly hope that for them. What the safety car or Lance Stroll getting top Lance, six? Lance, Lance, Lance repeating himself. Lance getting top six is going to be tough, but uh, it's really he's really got to come around stronger than he has because, you know, despite him having more points finishes, he has far less points than Vettel in comparison and he just needs to pull more weight. 
Speaking of teams that have, or well, I guess teammates that have taken turns pulling their weight Alpine, we've had, you know, the Esteban Ocon streak, and then we've had what is currently the Fernando Alonso streak, four straight point finishes for him, including a 10th place finish in Austria, knocking George Russell out of the points. What are your expectations for Alpine this weekend? I need to see Esteban break free of this. I just signed a nice big contract curse or something. I don't fully understand what's happening, but I think that Fernando needs to keep up the momentum. Uh, get another points finish. I need to see Esteban at least get closer to the points. I mean, that's just rough. Yeah, his last four races, retirement, 14th, 14th retirement. Yeah, that's that's not okay. Um, the other thing, too, is they're not too far out of fifth. Like, they're still within reach if if both those drivers can get their act together and and score some double points finishes a couple times they're they're still easily within reach of fifth place so i think the team just needs to see a double points finish uh or at least a better finish in general from esteban and they can try to claw their way even closer to fifth yeah i mean if aston martin doesn't score any points much like they did the last race and alpine manages a very strong sixth and eighth they would be tied and, you know, at that point, only be a handful of points behind Alpha Tauri, of course, depending on how Alpha Tauri ends up uh, at the Grand Prix. So th- they are, like you said, completely not out of the realm of fifth. Uh, they're not going to really be able to get into fifth at the end of this race, but they could put themselves in a position to, you know, be able to jump into that spot in races thereafter if they can catch up a little bit with a strong showing. I agree. Akon really needs to shake that. Uh, I have a new contract. I am, you know, I am God. I am the Frenchman on the French team. I don't know, mentality? I don't know what you want to call it. Whatever funk he's in, he needs to get out of it now. Yeah, the funk needs to end. Speaking of funk, I can't think of anyone more funky than Kimi Raikkonen. Alfa Romeo, what are your thoughts about them this weekend? Yes, because that's his, that's his nickname. That's his moniker. Yes. The, the funky Kimi Raikkonen. Ki- Kim, uh, Kimi the funk man Raikkonen. Yes, that's it. That's that's who he is. I've never not seen this man just disco down during every uh, every interview. Uh, anyways, uh, Alfa Romeo. Yeah, I want to see Antonio score some points. Show that he's still like, like he's young. You know what I mean? He's a young talent. Uh, show that he's still got it. You know what I mean? Uh yeah, Kimmy, I, Kimmy's an old man, so like, like he's already world champion. You don't gotta. He has nothing enough to prove. He's just having fun driving in Formula One. Antonio still has a career to to build. Uh, score a point, get one point, get tenth. Yeah, I mean that's it. Al- that's pretty much it. Yeah, Alfa Romeo is definitely the most forgettable team on the grid, and Antonio Giovinazzi unfortunately seems to be the most forgettable driver on the most forgettable team on the grid. He is at a weird point in his career, uh, and I think he he really needs a good run of races here, like you talked about, uh, Hunter. Because he just needs to beat Kimmy. He just needs to beat Kimmy for the rest of the season in everything, every practice, every qualifying, every race. Prove that he is better than a old but still world champion at this point in time, and prove that he deserves to still be in Formula One. Yeah, well, I mean, right now, the rumors going around are the fact that whether it's by retirement or going to a different series, there's a good chance that Kimi Raikkonen will not be on the Formula One grid next year. And if that's the case, Alfa Romeo is going to be bringing in a young, unproven kid. And if that's the case, they need Antonio Giovinazzi to switch the mentality of instead of being 
the young kid being mentored by the old guy, it's going to flip around. I mean, Antonio Giovinazzi's at that weird age where he's 27. He is not in the same... He is not in the same era or age as Max, Lando, Charles, Pierre, you know, Esteban, Lance. They're they're all in this young new generation. And Antonio is a little bit older than that. And I think what's gonna have to happen is he's gonna have to get a good run of races at some point this season to showcase that he is worth keeping and has the ability to mentor new young talent that would come to the Alfa Romeo team. As early as next season, you know, I, I think that's going to be something important for him. I do kind of agree with you. Um, he does have the same amount of points as Kimmy, but he and Kimmy go back and forth all the time about who finishes higher. Well, they both have one point. I, it's well, not like yes. they both have one point. I mean, so I mean, it's a, to, tomato, tomatoes. I mean, you're 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 counting clouds out here. Like, I, what's the point? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've I've never yes. I've never yes, heard both, your. I've never heard counting clouds before in my life. What? Well, it's because it's pointless. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Why? Why? What are you doing it for? Oh, you know, well, we, Kimmy and Antonio, they both are, you know, pretty good scrap going on. Oh, yeah, they both got a point. We, we're talking about five points for five different races where they came in tenth. And yeah, maybe we're talking about one race for each person. Well, even even beyond the one, even beyond the fact that they both have one point finish. With one point total, they've been going back and forth with their finishes. You know, Antonio finished ahead of Kimi last race. The race before that, Kimi was ahead of Antonio. And then, you know, back in France, Antonio was ahead. Yeah, but we're talking they, about, I mean, yeah. realistically, George comes in eighth. Or sorry, George comes in ninth for, for some reason. Let's say he doesn't come in tenth. Let's say he comes in ninth. He All of a sudden, Williams in, is in eighth place. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, Antonio needs to score a point. That's that's all. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. We can we can agree on that part of it. <laughs> Antonio Giovinazzi has to score a point. I think that I, I think they do need like it's been a couple races since they scored their last point. They need to to showcase that getting tenth is something they are capable of. Speaking of George and speaking of Williams possibly jumping into eighth place, what are your thoughts about Williams this weekend? I would love to see George get to Q three again. I would love to see it happen in England. Williams, England, George, England. Uh, Nicholas is is Canadian, so that's kind of like England. Um, it, it's like it's like cousins. Yeah, you know, and uh, they still have the Queen on their money. So I would love to see a good race weekend for them. Uh, if George can, that would be unbelievable. I think if George Russell got Q three and got a point, I think it would make up for the heartbreak of them losing in penalty kicks. Uh, this past weekend. Oh, you're, so. you're bringing up the Euros. You're bringing it is up what the, it is. Oh. Okay. Ah, it's not coming. Forget it's, about it. It's what not coming home. <laughs> it's not coming home. But maybe George scored one point. I can't. Be, I, I can't believe for any British listeners out there, you just hit him with the forget about it's, it. It's a classic it's Italian. About it. I mean, Antonio Giovinazzi. He's got one point. What's George got? Nothing. What's England got? Nothing. Oh, what am I saying? Oh boy. Um, All right. Well, you. How about this? You calm down. There is a world though that George Russell may not get into Q three, but but he could score a point. No, no. Well, well, here's the thing. He he could very easily end up 11th, 12th, 13th on the grid, you know, a high Q2 showing, and then yeah. sprint qualifying, he climbs up a couple of places. Yeah, maybe, Boom. you never know. He starts Sunday in the top 10 anyways. Also, how does that work now? Because 
qualifying Q2 is important because that's the, the tire you start the race on. So are they starting the sprint race on that tire and they're going to start the real race on the sprint tire or what is happening? I I don't know. Let me... We'll oh, find out, God. I guess, let when me, we watch. Let me let me look up this this thing no, here. No, it's fine. It's fine. The, the, the listeners will be surprised. We'll um, be surprised. Yeah. That's all. I can tell you it's 17 laps around 25 to 30 yes, minutes. Yes, half an hour race. Yeah, a nice half hour race. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it is the, this is a quote from formula1.com it is designed to provide a short fast paced racing spectacle similar to a 2020 cricket match wow because that's i understand that i mean you got to remember formula 1 is still a a, a british yes i know a british entity tea and crumpets <laughs> jesus i don't know oh remember my god daniel ricardo said top of the morning to you Graham. and he's like i'm scottish yeah yeah, um, that's what we gotta do every time we talk about England. We gotta figure out an English thing to say, or no, maybe we should say something that isn't English. Oh, that's funnier. Oh God, I'm trying to figure it out. And there's also like the, <laughs> the what happens if it rains during the sprint qualifying or during free practice one. Oh or, yeah, what's gonna go on? Yeah, because oh, like, you don't need to pit during the sprint qualifying. None of this makes sense. It's England. It's gonna rain. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> Oh, this is an absolute disaster. And speaking of disasters, let's end the show with our favorite wow. American team. What a transition. Haas. This is why they pay you the big bucks. Haas F1 team. Mick Schumacher. He's showing promise in a car that looks like it can't even spell the word promise. Uh, Nikita Mazepin, you know, he hasn't spun in a while. Maybe he'll bring that back. I don't know. Other than that, there's not much to talk about Nikita. Uh, Haas, let's see them beat Nicholas Latifi because we know they're not going to beat George. But let's see both of them beat Nicholas Latifi. That's that's the goal. That's the goal this week. I want to see Nikita Mazepin spin also beat Nicholas Latifi. Uh, it would be absolutely wild, especially considering that there are two races that they could crash in. Two. Yes. Oh, you are very right. Oh, my. <laughs> I completely forgot of such things. Also, by the way, in case you weren't paying attention, remember how we talked about in previous episodes, Hunter, about how if if people have the same amount of points, it's broken on higher finish. Well, finishes, yes. Yes. So, well, well high, higher finish, which is how mm-hmm. Haas was above Williams for one race yes. because yes. they managed the 13th. Of the four drivers that have not scored a single point, George Russell, yes. Nicholas Latifi, Mick Schumacher, uh-huh. and Nikita Mazaspin. Do you know what order they currently are in the standings for the World Drivers Championship? Probably George, Mick, Nicholas, Nikita. George, Mick. Okay. Nikita. What? And Latifi is last. How? Latifi's best finish has been 15th. Nikita's best finish is 14th. Wow, that's funny, dude. That was that was the race where Nikita technically beat Lewis Hamilton. So. Oh, yes. Correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> What a time to be alive. Yes, what a time to be alive. And everyone is ready for the big British Grand Prix. Everyone's really excited for it. I don't know if the... I'm going to have to check. I'm not sure if the summer break starts right after this one or after Hungary, which is the race after. I'm not sure where it fits in. But at some point, it's going to come up and it's going to be a thing. But I'm just really excited to see how sprint qualifying works. Uh, The sprint race, you know, plays into the whole thing. And we'll see if Mercedes can claw back because if Red Bull has another really good race... It might get a little boring. Just saying. I don't think I don't think it'll get boring. I think it'll be fun. But we will see how it goes. 
Uh, this is round 10, Dan. So round 11 will be next. Uh, the next race will be July 30th, August 1st at Hungary. Then we get all of August off. And on August 27th, we'll go to Belgium for round 12 to do the second half of the season. We'll, we'll start the next half of the season with Spa. Okay. Well, yes. that will wrap up our little preview, our little talk about what could happen, what should happen, what we want to happen. At the British Grand Prix, we will obviously see what does occur and talk about those results uh, after the race, of course, because we can't talk about it before. And in the meantime, if you have any questions, comments, or discussion points for us to talk about on the show, make sure to send us an email off the pitwall at gmail.com. But until next time, we hope you guys enjoy the British Grand Prix, and we'll be watching right alongside you. My name's Dan Zaleski. And I'm Hunter Connolly. And you've been listening to Off the Pit Wall, an American F1 podcast. Off the Pit Wall is produced by Dan Zaleski. With assistant producers Kalen Wolfskill and Hunter Connolly. A Ruby Media production.